0: Wanna give us a better reason? Yeah, a Maniac hijacked a municipal bus with 30 passengers on it, that's a pretty good reason. And I got a real bad hunch where those passengers are, who that Maniac is. You wanna share it with us? Phoenix, Simon Phoenix.
1: There's just one thing we want to know. How's that damn three seashell thing work?
0: Look, I don't know if you guys know it, but you're uh, you're out of toilet paper. Pa- did, did you say toilet paper?
2: Oh, they used handfuls of wadded paper back in the 20s.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm happy that you're happy, but the place where you're supposed to have the toilet paper, you got this little shelf with three seashells on it.
2: he doesn't know how to use the three seashells (laughs) i can see how that could be confusing
1: i get the feeling we're going to be fined a lot of credits in this episode for violations of the verbal morality statute
2: you are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute
1: i hope they take life bucks that's a throwback For all the true pool scene heads. True, true pool scene. If you get that reference, the life box. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. Your cryogenically unfrozen hosts are myself, Kevin. And as always, I am joined by Jim. Hey now. This week, we're discussing a movie by Marco Brambilla, or Brambilla, I'm not sure, in his directing debut, or his film directing debut, I should say. What a start, man. We are talking 1993 sci-fi action film, Demolition Man Ugh. Brambia we'll go with that Brambia's yeah. forte was big budget TV commercials and I think it was a good marriage for this one I because essentially so. this movie is sort of a commercial it is for a lot of things yes the original script was written by Peter Lankov he was straight out of college looking to make it in Tinseltown he sold the spec script to Warner Brothers and retained a story by credit because if you know how screenplays and script writing works the studio t- Takes it. They pass it to the next guy. Pass it to the next guy. If you were the first one to write it, you're lucky. <laughs> if if your name ends up yeah. on it, and we know from experience, so it got passed around. The original script sold in 1988. So Linkov's script, and it was basically Frozen Cop, Lethal Weapon. I wish it was. It's probably that name in Taiwan. It probably is. I would imagine. It was much more serious. It had John Spartan ending up with his much- older wife in the end. Hot. So his, you know, 40 years later, his wife would have been 60. So it's like 30 year old John Spartan ends up with 70 year old wife or whatever. Well,
3: the fun thing that I found out I listened to this movie. We've seen it equally over a thousand times and watched it with a commentary on. So apparently they were going to have John Spartan's daughter in it, but they thought it would have been too jarring or weird for the audience to have John Spartan who didn't age after being cryogenically frozen for 36 years and his daughter who is now older. Yeah, so right. I can understand why they got rid of his
1: daughter, but still would have been weird. So that version of the uh, the frozen cop lethal weapon had Mickey Rourke as Sean Spartan. Here we go again. Mickey Rourke, man. He was huge in the
3: 80s. Yeah, but this is post... Or wait, was this? This this would have been 88. So nine and a half,
1: right after nine and a half weeks. So normal looking Mickey Rourke. At one point, a pool scene favorite, Fred Decker, did a couple rewrites. He's responsible for adding the 1996 prologue and was quoted as saying, if you don't show Kansas, Oz doesn't seem all that special. Yeah. So originally in the script, we did not see John Spartan and Simon Phoenix in 1996. The story literally just started in the future.
3: Well, the thing that worked out good for them was that opening shot that Decker wrote with L.A. burning in 96 literally was filmed six months after the (laughs) L.A. riots.
1: So they had a lot. To go back to to have shit look blown yeah. out and burned up because it still was. So, Burger King was the original winner of the restaurant wars. There was lukewarm interest from McDonald's as well, but Taco Bell was much more excited to be involved. The year 2032. The city, Los Angeles. The movie, Demolition Man. The restaurant.
0: Now, all restaurants are Taco Bell.
3: Exacto The Demo Deal.
0: By
2: a Burrito Supreme nachos, and a large drink for one low price and get an official Demolition Man movie poster absolutely free.
1: I'm impressed. The supply is limited. The conclusion, get to Taco Bell today. Although for some versions of the movie, Taco Bell is changed to Pizza Hut. So weird. Because Taco Bell was unknown internationally. Okay. So they wrote it for Burger King and Burger King was like, I guess that's (laughs) fine. And McDonald's was like, we kind of want to do it. Can we do Happy Meals or something? And then Taco Bell was like, fuck, yeah, let's redesign a logo and fucking fucking Demolition Man burrito. Yeah. You know, whatever. So Taco Bell was like, yeah. And I'm I'm assuming there was probably some sort of highest bidder thing there too. That's how Taco Bell, but again, Taco Bell not known internationally. So they actually like photoshopped like CG'd pizza Uh, That's gotta look awful I I didn't look it up I probably should I should've too I did not Maybe we can We'll post a, a picture Or something
3: Taco
0: Bell was the only restaurant To survive the franchise wars So So Now all restaurants Are Taco Bell
1: No way General Motors also provided 18 concept vehicles for use in production, which there are a lot of weird cars in this one. It's the future. I mean, yeah, kind of has to be. So Jim, we had a lot of product placement. They pumped some marketing money into this one and we got Stallone. How yeah. did it, how did it shake out? Please give us budget box office news and number ones at time of release. From W channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock view.
3: Demolition Man came out on the 8th of October, 1993. And Kevin, we have a seriously disputed budget number. Oh. So the budget number is between 45 million and 77 million. That's a big disparity so there is a times article Los Angeles Times article the Warner Brothers movie opened to a great business over the weekend grossing 14.3 million but it will take much more impressive weekends to make a success of the picture since cost overruns drove the combined production and marketing budget to nearly 97 million Ooh. so we have a different number there the studio says the film only cost 59 to produce and it also denied reports that it spent 5 million on demolition and promotional materials. I think they did Oh, it was everywhere. It's listed on this. This is crazy. So what they say here, it ballooned as much as 77 million as the filmmakers extended the shooting schedule from 72 to 112 days for the first unit of principal photography, plus an additional 75 days for work done by a second unit. Movie marketing experts estimate that Warner Brothers spent about 5 million on promotional materials. Here you go, Kevin. Including a lavish press kit containing a bomber jacket. Whoa. A CD soundtrack from Sting, of course, and a hard hat. Just a random fucking hard hat because he's the demolition <laughs> We're gonna man. we to talk about these a little bit later. The studio is also believed to have committed three to four million a week to ads for the first four weeks. So they spent money, so it's disputed. It jumps anywhere all the way from 45 to 77 to 97 million. Ended up making $159.1 million oh, okay. at the box office.
1: So there's not to go on a tangent here, but there's always this conundrum between like a movie in 1993 starring Sylvester Stallone yeah. and Wesley Snipes probably did not need a lot of press. If you went to the box office and said, let's see a movie and you're like Stallone and Snipes, like yeah. I want, I'm going to see that. But they invested tons of marketing money. But then you've got like smaller movies with like unknowns or indie films and they need the promotion, but then the studio won't justify the promotion. So it's like McDonald's runs commercials on TV. If McDonald's stopped running tv commercials would you forget about mcdonald's not at all people know that's what i'm saying so like a movie with stallone and snipes probably did not need the amount of publication it had not at all plus i want that hard hat
3: that hard hat is (laughs) a much needed thing for this studio should have made a hard hat for uh hard hat harry oh yeah why the fuck not here's your top three rented videos at blockbuster video and kevin you're gonna like this Aladdin. All right. Sidekicks. Ooh. And the Sandlots. All right. A good top three for this week, a blockbuster video. Now, Kevin, I dived real deep. I dove into the deep end to see what toys were popular and at around this time back in the day remember when they used to send out big catalogs near holiday season they still sort, sort of, of do. do not really but not in the day where it was your wish list it was yep. a yes. paper wish list yep. so your top toys were the talk boy okay. one right here the electronic dream phone game Ooh. which I'd love to have and it's a video game blitz you can get a genesis core console for 90 bucks same with the snes you want to get that at Bulls versus Blazers, you can for 40 bucks. Also, why don't you get Mortal Kombat for 70 bucks? Ah, you don't want to afford that? Nah. Let's get Yoshi's Cookie for $49.99. So that's when people started getting all bent out of shape with this new generation of video games. $75 for
1: Mortal Kombat Trilogy.
3: Back then, the prices went anywhere from $29 yeah.
1: to $84. Babbage is buying Mortal Kombat Trilogy. My One of my favorite video games ever, but $75. Earthbound yeah. came with the catalog, and that was $80. So Dream Phone, that's the one where it was like, it can't be Brett. He likes hot dogs. Way too much. Exactly. (laughs) Who, who, who's got a crush on you? Hello, Hunks. It's Street Phone, (laughs) the electronic game with the talking phone. To win, call guys, get clues, figure out which guy really likes you.
0: He's not wearing a hat. Bye, guys. (laughs) What'd he say? My secret. huh
3: (laughs) To you. He's not at the beach.
2: See you later. Guys. Guys. (laughs) It's Dan. Dan's my man. You're right.
3: I really like you.
2: Yes!
1: (laughs) Dream Phone, the hot electronic talking phone game. It's for you! That
3: would be something fun to do. It's like a swimming yeah. series. We play electronic dream dream. I need that. Any pool seniors with a heads up, send it to the studio. Much obliged. I'm not thrifting. I shall find it can't be Jim. He doesn't wear underwear under his overalls. Nope. Come on. That is the weirdest thing ever. Like who would wear underwear under their overalls? Everyone, but you. whatever. That's bullshit. Also, don't forget to get that top loader NES for $49.99. Whoa. In 1993, that would be worth about $400 I have one. I used to have one.
1: Should I sell it? I mean. I would. It's just sitting in a box. I would. Dude, that thing's a fortune. Why is it? Why was it only 50 bucks? Because it was 93, the end of the NES
3: run. It's all SNES now, so they're just... So weird. Yeah, that's how it is with every console. You know when you get to the slims, you know it's near the end. Alright, into the news, Kevin. The Battle of Mogadishu in an attempt to capture officials of warlord Mohammed Farad, id organization in Mogadishu, Somalia. 18 U.S. soldiers and about 1,000 Somalis are killed in heavy fighting. Of course, you remember Black Hawk Down, the whole Somalian war. Once again, another thing we probably never should have went into to begin with but i digress in happier news the king of all media hey now howard stern releases his first book private parts which oh, nice. what a great fucking movie we got to cover that
1: eventually it's yeah. so damn good you ever had did you have the soundtrack to private parts yes because it had all the uh oh, so good. acdc yeah. and but then it had like the scenes from them which sometimes like late 90s soundtracks and stuff had like 28 tracks, yeah. but only like eight songs. And then some of the tracks were just like clips from the movie. Yeah, clips from the movie. But
3: then they would have like a backing track to yeah. it that wasn't the actual song like Better Than Ezra. On to sports. George was a big fan of Better Than Ezra. He was the one who discovered them.
1: Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to The Sports Machine.
3: Kevin, the Cleveland Indians at the time, Guardians, by the way, now won the AL Central. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, third lowest payroll, expected to finish near the last in the league. Won the damn division. Good on them. But in 1993, the Indians play their final major league game at the Muni, losing 4 0 to the White Sox. Made perfect sense because they barely ever won in the Muni near I'm the f- end.
1: Fucking Indian. <laughs>
3: Vision Quest. There's another one that will shortly be coming up on this podcast. Kevin, after nine seasons and three NBA championships with the Chicago Bulls, the man, the myth, the greatest of all time, Michael Jeffrey Jordan announces his retirement from the NBA but returns on the 18th of March, 1995, against the Indiana Pacers, where he ends up putting an amazing double nickel on the board, wearing the number 45 and leads the Bulls to another three straight NBA championships. Kevin, this is relevant to to our show because we have talked about we are going to be doing the mighty ducks here soon they win their first nhl game as a franchise fired by a disney movie also another big event the toronto blue jays go back to back beating the philadelphia phillies 8-6 at the sky dome remember that walk off joe carter home run for toronto to clinch a series 4-2 the blue jays infielder paul molitor wins the m MVP. When Wait, I went to Paul my, Molitor won the MVP. Won the MVP. Wow. in '93. I also the first Major League game I ever went to up at the Muni was when Molitor was a member of the Milwaukee Brewers. Caught two foul balls, two consecutive pitches. Greg Swindoll of the Indians. Paul Molitor from the Brewers caught both. Your number one television show. Uh-huh. Home improvements? I always had a crush on the chick that played his wife, Patricia Richards. I don't know why. Really? Huge crush on her. I look back on it now. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Oh. But whatever. <laughs> All right. Yeah, whatever. The number one movie in America, Malice, starring Alec Baldwin, Whoa. Nicole Kidman, Whoa. Bill Pullman, directed by the one Aaron Sorkin. I got to check that out. The number one album was In Utero by Nirvana.
1: All these classic albums were released within like, it's like 60 days of yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. Like, there's like 10 all-time classic albums released all within 60 days of each other in, in 93, I think it was. Yeah, it was around 92, 93, 94. Yeah. They were just Pumping them out like there were
3: nothing. But one thing they used to pump out too was Mariah Carey and her oh, number one song yeah. in America, "Dream Lover." Oh. Mariah Carey, man, what a product of the time. And she's still somewhat going, I think. Yeah, yeah. Not sure. Mariah Carey, a legend in the music industry. And that's all that was going on on October the
1: 8th, 1993. mundo. So something else going on in 1993. There was an MTV contest for Demolition Man. I try to mention these wherever I can because I love the old MTV oh, yeah. contests. With Halloween coming up, I remember the Adams Family Groove one where it was like hammer what name is on this one tombstone and i remember like writing it on a postcard and sending it in i didn't win send a self-addressed the, stamped envelope I think the name was buster but in the opening scene of demolition man there was footage of an actual demolition of a building in louisville kentucky the mtv grand prize winner got to press the button which triggered the explosion 600 pounds of explosives brought the two Belnet buildings down, a climax to the MTV Demolition Man contest in which
2: 50 contest winners were flown to Louisville to promote the motion picture Demolition Man. Uh, we got lots of t-shirts and buttons and hats and this and we got our airfare hyatt regency for two nights a couple of dinners we went to a disco last night called the phoenix house mtv vj dan cortez was the host of the promotion a promotion mtv was well equipped for
3: and he got a
1: hard hat promotional Yeah, right, he probably <laughs> did <laughs> a little bastard all right let's thaw into the plot the
0: museum is no longer sealed is it <laughs> what can i say i'm a blast from the past I should have stayed there Oh, boy, that voice sounds familiar. Who is that? Bad aim, blondie. Spartan? John Spartan? Oh, shit, that let anybody into this century. What the hell are you doing here? (laughs) Thomas says, please. Great. Just great. You're making it too easy for me, Phoenix. Come on, you space-age piece of shit. So let me get this right. They defrosted you
3: just so you could last on my piddly ass. Damn, you bitch ass. I've
0: been dreaming about killing you for 40 years. Well, keep dreaming.
1: So our movie was released in 1993, but our story starts in 1996. That huge future jump. Yes, there's a bad guy named Simon Phoenix who has a busload of hostages in Los Angeles. In order to stop Simon Phoenix, the demolition man, John Spartan, goes in unauthorized to take down Phoenix. Can we agree that John Spartan and Simon Phoenix might be two of the best names in movie history? They're great. Spartan is called the demolition man for the amount of collateral damage he causes. That doesn't exactly sound like a badge of honor. So when Spartan goes into the building to confront Phoenix. Don't move, Phoenix.
0: <laughs> you're under arrest. <laughs> arrest? Shit. And you're trespassing. Where are the passengers? Ah, uh, yes, the passengers. But they're uh Fuck you! The passengers
3: are gone. <laughs> See, I I told the city, I said, look, nobody comes down here. Postmen figured it out, policemen figured it out, but the goddamn
0: bus drivers just wouldn't listen
1: phoenix detonated a bomb killing all the hostages since phoenix claims that spartan knew about the hostages and was reckless they're both sentenced to terms in california's cryo penitentiary
0: you've done great deeds for the city of los angeles so it is with some regret that i william smithers acting as assistant warden hereby carry out this sentence skip it sergeant spartan You've been sentenced to
3: 70 years sub-zero rehabilitation in the California cryo penitentiary for the involuntary manslaughter of 30 innocent civilians. Stupid. You will be placed in cryostasis for the duration of your sentence, during which your behavior will be altered through synaptic suggestion. You'll be eligible for parole no earlier than the year 2046.
1: Just as it sounds, they are cryogenically frozen while exposed to subliminal rehabilitation. That's a crazy scene. And then listening to the commentary,
3: they were worried that Sly was going to panic because the way they constructed that literally was a hard plastic Uh and what they injected in there was glycerin. So they literally had an
1: escape. Don't let the day.
3: <laughs> Fucking Sixteen Stone was such a great album, one of my favorites of all time. But they were afraid that Sly might possibly drown.
1: alone <laughs> Slas alone. Could I bet- Uh, that's interesting. That's, yeah, that's neat. I mean, it's always cool to peel back the curtain and see those things. Watch commentary, kids. I and you were
3: supposed to see his dick, but they didn't even have really. They were supposed to show his dick. They had it edited out because they it. were yes, yeah. Dick alone
1: Uh, they uh, <laughs> it was just a picture of Frank's face I on his dick. Do they have commentary on streaming services? I had the DVD, so I don't know if they do on streaming services. Kids don't have DVDs. Mm-mm. Uh, now thirty six years later, in twenty thirty two, Los Angeles, San uh, Angeles. Well, I was gonna say Los yeah. Angeles, San. Diego, Santa Barbara have merged into San Angeles with a peaceful society all designed and ran by Dr. Raymond Cocteau. Be well. Basically, you can't swear. There's Uh, no physical contact. Anything else? I mean, what what else is this? Okay. According to the verbal morality statute, when John gets binged for it, Lenina
3: says,
2: Uh, smoking is not good for you. And has been deemed that anything not good for you is
0: bad. Hence illegal alcohol, caffeine, contact sports, meat,
2: Are you shitting me? John Spartan, you are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. What the hell is that? John Spartan, you are fined one credit Bad language, chocolate, gasoline, uneducational toys, and anything spicy. Abortion is also illegal, but then again, so is pregnancy if you don't have a
1: license. So here in 2032, Phoenix is thawed for a parole hearing, which that makes no sense. Yeah, why would you be? But he ends up, because does he need to be there? No. That's that's a stretch. Phoenix is thawed for a parole hearing, but he ends up murdering the guards and warden, and he escapes. See, Bear. These police have never dealt with any violence or any real crime. So they thaw out John Spartan, where he is partnered with Lieutenant Lenina Huxley to catch Simon Phoenix in the year 2032. Phoenix tries to kill Dr. Cocteau, but like Robocop's fourth directive, he can't because he's been implanted yeah. to be unable to. Manchurian candidate. Yes.
2: Shit. Oh, being frozen must have thrown my aim off. Don't worry. I'll get you with the next shot. I don't think so. <laughs> no kiss kiss, no bang bang. And you were doing so well. Now, don't you have a job to do, huh? Isn't there a thought repeating in that barbaric brain of yours? The name Friendly, Mr. Edgar Friendly, don't you have someone
1: to kill? This isn't the only thing Cocteau is implanted into Simon. Well, that sounds horrible. Whoa! Cocteau. <laughs> hey, while Co- you are frozen, I implanted Hi, lots Cocteau. of things into you. Cocteau has been subliminally programming Simon to be his own super soldier, even deadlier than before. Cocteau wants Simon to kill those who resist his society. So basically, there's an underground society called the Scraps, which is like a derogatory term, yeah. who don't buy Cocteau's ideology. It's it's because they're <laughs> (laughs) leader is Dennis Leary. That's all you have to say. No.
0: Wait a minute. You're the guy outside
1: Taco Bell.
0: Yeah. What do you want? I guess you weren't part of the Cocteau plan. Greed? Deception? Abuse of power? That's no plan. That's why everybody's down here? You got that right. See, according to Cocteau's plan, I'm the enemy. Because I like to think. I like to read. I'm into freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy that like just to sit in a greasy spoon and wonder, gee, should I have the T-bone steak or the jumbo rack of barbecue ribs with a side order of gravy fries? I want high cholesterol. I want to eat bacon and butter and buckets of cheese, okay? I want to smoke a Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I suddenly might feel the need to, okay, pal? I've seen the future. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his beige pajamas drinking a banana broccoli shake singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. You live up top, you live toes way. What he wants, when he wants, how he wants. Your other choice? Come down here,
1: maybe starve to death. And not the fact that they're just homeless and hungry. Yeah, none of, I mean, that's probably a logic issue I didn't write down, but none of Dennis Leary's, his soliloquy about like, you can't get raw beef. You can't smoke cigarettes, whatever. It's all logic against the movie's plot. It's like a lot. it makes no sense. Phoenix, however, has recruited a gang from the cryo prison and has one of them kill Cocteau. He couldn't do it, but Jesse one of the, Ventura. Yeah, but one of the gang members could. Spartan then fights Phoenix, where Spartan quick freezes Phoenix and kicks his head off, which shatters. The police fear what will happen with Cocteau dead and the cryo prison leveled, but Spartan suggests that they cooperate with the underground scraps to create. Create a society that's best for everyone. The movie ends with him kissing Huxley and Sting roll the credits. Yes. Sting's demolition, man.
3: You know what's great though about that head cutting scene with Simon Phoenix was it was foreshadowed at the very beginning when Simon says, you know, Simon I says. M- Simon says, dude, that okay, that got annoying with yeah. that shit. So it's like, we get it. But he literally
1: says,
0: I swear. I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached.
1: And that's how we ended up dying. Let's get into characters. Sylvester Stallone is Sergeant John Spartan. So good. So we mentioned Mickey Rourke. This is really fascinating. Steven Seagal was originally attached as the lead, going against Jean-Claude Van Damme as the villain. Of course. Jean-Claude Van Damme would not play the villain, and he said, why don't we swap? He wanted to be- (laughs) He wanted to be John Spartan. He wanted to be John Spartan. He wanted Seagal to be Simon Phoenix, which- Wow. I I watch it. (laughs) Yeah.
3: As long as I could see him run, that's all I care about. I watch
1: it. Wesley Snipes is Simon Phoenix. Stallone wanted Jackie Chan for this role. They're good friends. Yeah, Stallone and Jackie Chan, good friends. Chan turned it down because, again, wouldn't play a villain. Yeah, I don't see ever see Jackie Chan as a I, bad guy. No, no. Snipes turned it down several times. Yeah. He didn't want to do it. The director and producers went to the set of Rising Sun to convince him to sign on. And he improvised a lot of his lines. Yeah. Sandra Bullock is Lieutenant Lenina Huxley. Lori Petty was cast but fired after two days for creative differences. I couldn't see her maintaining no, this role either. like that. Good for Sandra Bullock Yo, because this was like right tremendous. in the Sandra Bullock wheelhouse. Nigel Hawthorne is Dr. Raymond Cox. Benjamin Bratt as Alfredo Garcia, another cop. Mr. Julia Roberts. Yeah, there you go. Uh Dennis Leary as Edgar Friendly. Okay. <laughs> Bill Cobbs as Officer Zachary Lamb. Your dude. My dude. It's Dell Paxton from <laughs> That Thing You Do. <laughs> Uh, he does not look like a Zach Lamb. Zach? Zach Lamb? Uh, anybody else we want to mention? Rob Schneider. One? Rob Schneider is a police officer, which is real weird. It's weird. Jesse Ventura. He's Irwin. Jesse Ventura is in it, which we'll get to here in a little bit. It's funny because the unfrozen gang of Simon Phoenix, their names are Codo, CryoCon Ally, Francis, CryoCon Ally, and so on. Danzig, Elvin, <laughs> Jesse Ventura is actually. Adam. So those. What are is this name. battle dome? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then Jack Black makes a. uh, He's one of the scraps. Oh. You can see him okay. right around the time that Leary's doing the soliloquy. You can see Jack Black. He looks like Augie from Airborne. Also, real quickly, Glenn Shaddix. Yeah. Otho from Beetlejuice. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I, I didn't mention Associate Bob. Yeah. Associate Bob. And then how can we not mention the Taco Bell Lounge singer? Yes. Dan, Dan, Dan Cortez. Cortez! <laughs> the worst. So this movie—it <laughs> so is a perfect transition. The uh, this in the future, their oldies music are jingles. They're just commercials.
2: Perhaps you'd like to hear an oldies station. Oldies. Oh, what a relief. Uh, this is the most what popular station in town. Wall to wall mini toons You call them commercials.
1: Here's that classic you've all been waiting for. The number one request Armor of
0: the day Armor Hot Dogs. Dog. Yes. Oh,
2: wow. This is
0: my fave. kids, kids,
2: kids who climb on rocks. Dog kids, sissy kids. Even kids with chicken pox love hot dogs. Armor Hot Dogs. Armor hot dogs. Hot dogs. The dogs. Kids love to.
0: Somebody put me back in the fridge
1: So when Dan Cortez is performing at a piano Now, every restaurant is Taco Bell Oh yeah We, like, I went through the plot There was no way to, like, establish, like, the bonkers rules of this movie in the future Schwarzenegger was president Schwarzenegger's president But the, every restaurant is Taco Bell But they go to this expensive, like, fancy Taco Bell Good thing I'm hungry (laughs) And Dan Cortez is singing the Jolly Green Giant
0: The Jolly Green Giant
1: like theme song horribly like it's, it's so almost bad. mario lopez ac yeah, slater it's really bad so i'm
3: i don't know if this is a definite nod so this might not be confirmed but it makes perfect sense so when we covered last action hero we know in the movie when jack slater walks in a blockbuster video you see yeah. terminator 2 in uh-huh. stallone he's like
1: this work is fantastic this is best role ever yeah.
3: and now you have stallone giving the nod it to is. schwarzenegger yeah. being
1: president yes which actor or actress gives past performance does any non lead character steal scenes so my pick right off the bat it's just because he's
3: so good. It's the comedy-driven behind his violence. It's Wesley Snipes' yeah. as Simon Phoenix.
0: All right. I'm going to do you a little dastardly deed for you. But it's going to be a little bit more difficult than you thought. And I'm going to need some help. I'll need about five or six more special men. And i just so happy to have a list. You see, I wouldn't want you to defrost any of those mad dog killer
2: types, you know what I mean? And none of them motherfuckers from New York. So you're going to be the only mad dog killer type, right? (laughs)
3: Exactly. I mean, look what this dude did. Like I said, ad libbed most of his lines when he was doing his parole hearing, which you're right quick. That's a quick logic thing. You're on ice. Why do you need to be paroled? It makes no sense. You doesn't need to be present. Doesn't need to be present. But it was one of his things that he suggested he retort what the warden is saying in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Kind of a very derogatory thing. 29
2: years ago, the parole system, as you know it, was rendered obsolete. Rendered obsolete, Federal statute
3: 537 29. Stop it! He's just so good. I mean, learned karate and all this shit. It's just fantastic. He has the right quips, the right amount of things. Like when he opens that sewer drain and goes,
2: shit, I love that smell. Reminds me of biscuits and gravy. All right, job is a job. Eco friendly, wherever the fuck you are,
1: prepare for Simon Phoenix. Oh, there's uh, perfect. So an interesting filmmaking a behind the curtain thing is Wesley Snipes was a little too good at martial arts oh, and it didn't translate well to how they were trying to shoot it. So they made him, it looks awkward at times, but it's because they made him slow down no. to kind of telegraph the moves so that they would read better on camera. Yeah, I got to go Benjamin Bratt. I just cannot get over the reality of this
2: office, Lenina Huxley. You're still addicted to the 20th century. High from its harshness, buzzed by its brutality. Oh smokes! I mean, is there anything in this office which doesn't violate Contraband Ordinance Twenty Two? Only you,
0: Alfredo Garcia.
1: Just because it's pretty funny. It's like a newborn baby. All it takes, yeah, is for him to meet the scraps, and then instantly he's like fucking a. Yeah, when he says (laughs) fucking a at the end, it's it's so good. I like it a lot.
0: How will we live? I'll tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna go out drinking all of us, get shit-faced, and paint the town literally. Put a graffiti, slogans, it'll be a blast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm gonna tell you what you're gonna do. Why don't you get a little dirty? You're a lot clean. And somewhere in the middle, I don't know, you'll figure it out.
2: Fucking A.
1: Well put. All right, Jim, uh, let's talk best scenes, best or favorite scenes. Go ahead and give us your first.
3: Right off the bat, Spartans' first day on the job at the SAPD. My God. I remember when you were a snot
0: nosed rookie pilot. They finally grounded me. Shit. You're a (laughs)
2: damn good (laughs) (laughs) flyer. I'll be right back. They seem to be friends. Yet he speaks to him in the most profane manner. Well, if you had read my study, you would know that this is how insecure heterosexual males used to bond. I knew that. Thanks a
0: lot, you shit
2: brute. John Spark, you are B- fine, John's part, you are Johnspart, B- John Johnsparter, you are fine for repeated violations of the verbal morality statute. So much for the seashells.
3: See you in a few minutes. All of a sudden, he comes face to face with the verbal morality statute, and then he just stands in front of it and just unloads, yeah. uncorks every swear word. That's I wouldn't even say it's a swear word. Yeah, but he just gets pinged for every single one of them. While it's the like chief,
1: Ralphie in Christmas Story, I know how much you like Christmas Story, but it's like the worst movie ever. When Ralphie's just you know you're hearing oh fr- 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 fudge, yeah. yeah, it's a great scene. I love it. I have the inverse, so, so I have Simon Phoenix's first day. In 2032.
2: Gun. Noun. Portable firearm. This device was widely utilized in the urban wars of the late 20th century, referred to as a pistol. Look, I don't need a
0: history lesson. Come on, Hal! Where the goddamn guns.
2: You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. Fuck Fuck you! Your repeated violation of the verbal morality statute has caused me to notify the San Angeles Police Department. Please <laughs> remain where you are for your command Yeah,
0: right. Fuckers <laughs> are fast, too. Huh? <laughs>
1: so basically we find out that dr cocteau has been enhancing simon phoenix throughout the whole time he's been frozen he's been building him up as this super soldier so simon basically learns he's like a computer hacker and he overrides a computer system he fights all the cops and it's funny because like i said he's upgraded he doesn't need to be because none of these cops have ever fought anybody
0: okay
2: We're
3: police officers we're not trained to handle this kind of violence he also is very racist at one point during that kiosk scene where he sees all those like chinese people walk around oh yeah and this has happened to one of the movies that we've covered in the past like jesus christ yeah dude.
1: but he's so smart he's just fucking typing away typing me you know And there's not a traditional keyboard it's like yeah. a, a weird little and a futuristic keyboard i think i could play the accordion too yeah
3: <laughs> so my next one let's get right to it kevin fucking mind sex
0: What's wrong? He broke contact. Contact? I didn't even touch you yet. But I, I thought you wanted to make love. Is that what you call this? First sex has been proven to produce higher orders of alpha waves during digitized transference of sexual energies. All right, Oxley, what do you say we just do it the old-fashioned way? Oh, disgusting. You mean... fluid transfer? I mean, boning, the, the wild mambo, the, the hunk-a-chunk-a... chunk is no longer done.
3: Yeah,
1: wow, it's on my list too. So he literally thought, I mean, she asked. She straight up is just like, "Do you want to have some sex tonight?" and it's like casual. Uh, here? No. <laughs> Oh, yeah and all of a sudden he just sits there in this weird 2032 looking yeah.
3: robe thing she comes in puts like a vr helmet on makes a weird noise and he sits there and goes okay we'll start in a few minutes she opens up her dress and you're like okay it's about to go down yeah. then he closes his eyes following her lead and he's like we haven't made any eye contact what are we going to do about it and he's he's like i haven't even kissed you yet and she all freaks out she calls mouth transfer yeah. but you do see her boobs in that like flashes scene. really see, maybe not her boobs but we get stunt, somebody's boobs. Stunt tit. But then and he says, "Oh yeah,
1: the pinnacle
3: of dialogue. Yeah, what did you want to do? Yeah, I don't know, Boney, the Wild Mambo,' the hunka chunka. Uh, Kevin, have you ever once
1: referred to the act as the Wild Mambo, or especially the of chunka? If anybody ever said hunka chunka, it would be <laughs> off. <laughs> the hunka chunka. Go home, and do some hunka chunka. I feel like you now, let not. Yeah, I want a hunka chunka you." <laughs> I mean, they couldn't have got three better terms. Yeah, Boating? Passable. Like, make love. a fuck. Yeah. Or screw. Boogie. Yeah, so maybe some better terms there, but wild mom, hunk a Hunk, like who in their right mind? So I also like some other dialogue, which is when John Spartan first meets Cocteau, and Lenina says,
0: Not bad for a 74-year-old. Simon Phoenix knows he has some competition. He's finally matched his meat. You really licked his ass. That's. Met his match and kicked. kicked his ass. Met? Met his match and kicked his ass.
1: Finally matched his meat! You know, really you licked his, his ass! ass. <laughs> and uh so it's just funny to watch Huxley like Huxley is like John Spartan in a way is like her hero so the same yeah. way that like Benjamin Brath's character becomes like part of the scrap well she's obsessed with the 20th century yeah she's obsessed with 20th century so she's like so fascinated by John Spartan because what she says something else too when they at the end when they're gonna go and fight Simon Phoenix when the scraps come up to the surface she says something wrong again yeah. and he tells her good job Lieutenant Huxley
0: chief you can take this job and you can shovel it. Hmm? Take this job and shovel it. Yeah. Close enough.
1: But, like, yeah, I just. It, her enthusiasm for the 20th century and for John Spartan's really funny, but.
2: Okay. I'm with you. Let's go blow this guy away.
0: Blow this guy away.
3: Whatever.
1: He matched, finally matched his me. Really licked his ass. It really licked his
3: ass. Well, what, and you mentioned it briefly too, what people need to realize within the universe of this movie, it's in 2032, there hasn't been what they call MDK murder death kill. Oh, a yeah. 187 since 2010, the big one yeah. of 2010. So when she heard that there was like, somebody was spraying graffiti, she's like, really? Brutal. Why weren't all cars notified? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? But here's a little trivia too. Once again, thank you, Con commentary so that scene where he fights the scraps at taco bell that dress she's wearing with all the stones yeah weighed 40 pounds yeah wow and when she was really excited like throwing in near she ripped the dress so the last part of that scene you see her with her hands down around her stomach it completely deflated Wow, down. 40 pound dress <laughs> all stone so my next one excuse me sir what seems to be your boggle you
2: are one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. <laughs> yes! Now, this is what I'm talking about. How do you get in here? Hey, hey, you gotta wait that 15-day waiting period? Or can I just like take one now? <laughs> oh, 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 you motherfucker! You want mine? Ah. 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 Ah.
3: Mellow greetings. What well, seems to be your boggle? My boggle? How much do you weigh well I happen to weigh for oh uh. my boggle I love how they have a Hall of Violence Yes. where they keep all the guns behind plexiglass. Yeah. Granted, it's a society where you don't need guns anymore. They have stun wands. Yeah.
1: Well, Spartan figures it out pretty quick because Simon Phoenix is going to want to get a hold of some weapons. There's no weapons. Yeah. So they has to go to the weapons museum essentially. Well, the
3: first thing the chief says, they use a computer program and he said he's going to form a crime syndicate. Yeah. <laughs> oh what chrome shit Sherlock but how are they going to take control? Well, well, they they, don't, the they guns. also
1: don't understand sarcasm. Not at because all. When Spartan says, like, great plan, chief. <laughs> <And> he's like, <laughs> thank, thank you. you.
3: And then you get the scene where Spartan shows up. Everybody like gets out of the armory and then they have this battle in this like little depiction of los angeles after the big earthquake and they're firing like musket guns and then there's this laser gun which i need to yeah, talk about in logic right. because that thing makes no sense whatsoever but it's great it's phoenix and his quips and spartan well, hey go in there blondie spartan john spartan
1: they want to go see the scraps yeah you know he wants and they're like appalled that he <laughs> wants to go down there rat burger yeah and he eats a rat burger so just don't have-
0: Ask where the meat
1: comes from. Mm. Hopstead, what's that supposed to mean?
0: Do you see any cows around here, Detective? Okay, es esta carne? Esta carne es de rat, rat. This is a rat burger. Not bad. Matter of fact, it's the best burger I've had in years. Gracias, <laughs> señor prego
1: see you later i have a major logic issue with this scene but he uh he's like oh that's so good and he's eating this burger and they're like you don't want to know where that came from and they're like you don't see the cows down here do you and he's like where's this coming she's so like, oh, he says this is a rat burger pretty good he takes another bite i've never seen sewers look so spacious i know there's like <laughs> fifty thousand people living down there it's it's nice yeah all right, pools in this one? There's gotta be. I'm oh, surprised yeah. there isn't one at Taco Bell. No swimming in the future. There is no swimming. All right, let's, uh, let's get out of the pool and have our pool chair. Get out of the pool! It's time for that Taco Bell! <laughs> oh, we gotta cue our boy, Mr. Willby. Hey, Will.
2: Hi. So uh, we
0: had the a pool party. Mind if we come? Sure. You can bring your brothers and sisters
2: too. Everyone can come. Thank you. Cool.
1: thanks for that intro will again you og pool sceners you'll know what that indicates oh yeah it's pool party time so we haven't done one of these in a while first season
3: 10 pool party
1: yeah I don't even know if we did one in season nine, but uh, so basically we... This movie's released in 1993. Anything prior to the release of this movie is fair game. We essentially establish a universe and tell a narrative through about what we are wearing and what we're drinking and driving. Not drinking and driving, but what we're we're drinking, what our vehicle is, you know, who our date is, that, that sort of thing. It'll make sense here in a moment, but it is our pool party. So I will go first. My universe, it was released before Demolition Man, same year. So we're taking a trip. Isla Nublar. Oh, nice. To see some dinosaurs. Jurassic Park. Dude, really
3: nice, dude. You're going all out for this one, man. Now, mine also is from a movie that came out the same year, and it's kind of a fictional universe within a real universe. That's right. I'm picking the last action hero Jack
1: Slater universe. I very much almost picked it because there's so many possibilities.
3: You can't get hurt. You can't really offend anybody there's an animated
1: cat. Well, possibly good. One of the uh portions of the pool party is to pick a movie and you could actually pick the movie you go into. That's and that possible. Could be your thing. So, yes. outfit. What do, what do we want to what do I want to wear to Jurassic Park? So, I want to look fresh when seeing some dinos. Got to come correct in front of the triceratops. However, we're going to be doing some walking, some off-roading, I'm assuming. So, I'm wearing bib overalls. Oh, okay, no underwear. With, with underwear. Ah. With some Air Max 93s. Nice. Maybe a cool graphic T under the overalls. I like that. It's a good look bro. Yeah. So my outfit I'm going I'm thinking 90s early
3: 90s. What's a good outfit and I'm going just what they wore on Beverly Hills 90210 so give me a nice like blue somewhat form-fitting shirt high-waisted jeans almost stone esque right, like some pleats in the jeans little pleats straight leg guest jeans uh a snap button snap button and then of course my kicks a pair of black and white nike air force maxes all right let's do it right
1: 93 style son so car or vehicle i wanted to go 93 camaro because it just had that kind of you know, yeah, future shape, but it would probably get hung up in the mud so i'm going 4.3 liter v6 1993 gmc typhoon ooh, yeah, pretty sharp so at this time i'm going with a nice
3: sports car that i think flew under the radar that was a pun that i wanted to use a 1993 black dodd stealth atf all right that
1: thing looked like here's sex on the highway no. for drinks spoiler we see some dinosaurs we have a beautiful day oh yeah But we can't fly back same day. So we probably showed up to the island via helicopter. But uh, we're staying on the island. When we return from seeing dinosaurs, probably go back to our hotel room. They've got Sunny Delight for us prior oh. to when they changed it to just Sunny D. So I
3: have some Sunny D up in the fridge. My girlfriend got some. I haven't drank that. I used to drink tons of it as I a kid. I
1: can't really remember what it tastes like.
3: I couldn't remember, so I had to have a little bit of it. It's a weird <laughs> flinty. flinty. <laughs> it's very flinty. Like, that's the only way I can describe it. Like, it hits the back of your throat really weird. It's just purple stuff, Sunny D. Oh,
1: it's, it does not hold up. All right. Like you used to. This is Sunny Delight,
3: so... It might be better. This new strain of it's horrible. The new strain. The new strain of Sunny D. Now, I have the polar opposite of Sunny D or Sunny Delight. I figure... We're in the last action hero universe. Nothing can go wrong. Can't get drunk. I'm literally a character written by an overseer. So I'm bringing a sixer of King Cobra malt liquor. Oh,
1: nice. Let's just get fucking the equivalent drunk in a movie world. I always joked about those sort of things, like how they needed to have like a marble in the can, like spray paint. Dude, I remember drinking oh, Steel Reserve, uh-huh. which, ha, huh,
3: OE, mm-hmm. and the Ojo Malo Evil Eye. Whoa. fuck
1: for a dollar that was like 15 percent malt liquor 15 beers god uh band so here, here's where i'll give you my narrative a little bit in this scenario so in my mind uh this is either some sort of like media event so maybe i'm a writer or uh, you know television personality something i get invited to this to this island but it's before the full scope general public so there's probably it's like a preview yeah say there's 500 or a thousand people here but as we've seen with like we're you know theme park enthusiasts and with theme park media days, they always give exclusive merchandise and they do nice things for the people who attend. And then all that stuff ends up on eBay. So for this, they bring a band in. Basically, along with the select others, we have this opportunity. We're having the concert to end the day. Unfortunately, the band that they've flown in is UB40. So we probably call it an early night and head to our room before UB40 is done playing singing because if they don't play Red Red Wine I don't fucking care I don't care Well, we also do that Elvis song too don't yeah, care I don't, want Red Red Wine yeah if you so I, we don't stick around for UB40 we head back to the hotel room nice so my
3: at this time in 1993 I still to this day I really enjoy Euro dance music yeah. Euro pop music but if I had to narrow it down to one band and there's so many damn Euro bands Especially in the early '90s, there were a dime a dozen. But if I had to pick one, I had a hard time between picking one. I'm gonna go with Roxette. Oh, okay. So it was either Roxette or London Beat, but Roxette has more of a catalog than I can name one London Beat song.
1: Real McCoy.
3: Ooh, Real McCoy. But they didn't drop till '95. Okay. But no, Roxette, the look that used to be my nickname. Yep. I used to want girls to call me the look because
1: <laughs> she's got the look. Like God, Joyride, great back catalog. All right, perfect. So the date. So we, we leave the uh, the UB font 40 concert. UB font. I love UB font. <laughs> UB font. We leave <laughs> the uh, UB 40 concert early. And my date, who I've brought to this media day with me, I'm bringing Brittany Powell from Airborne. Oh, I just feel like in Airborne, she's sensitive and caring. And it just feels like by my side, she would appreciate some dinosaurs question is did you pick her up in your personal limousine oh god did you shower her with roses no. i did shower her with roses but she uh, came in a helicopter and then we uh we got in that gmc typhoon nice So my date is somebody
3: who exuded 1993, the sexiest woman of live, sexiest woman of alive, what the (laughs) fuck is that? The sexiest woman alive, Cindy Crawford. Oh yeah, I mean, good god, man, twelve years old, seeing her on TV, the beauty mark. I'm like, holy shit. Fair game came out almost. It was fair game. It was fair game. It was Bait City, USA, in the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) The Uh, hunka chunka, all right, solo. And
1: finally, it's a movie, so we call it an, an early night. Me and and Brittany Powell. We head back to our room. No funny business necessarily. We're on an island in international waters. We got free movies. So they've got like the pay-per-view channels, but for free. Yeah. So we flip through the free pay-per-view movies and decide on (laughs) Coneheads. Ending. Our perfect day. So France, we come from France. We flew in, we saw some dinosaurs. Awesome day, probably a beautiful sunset. Kind of popped in for a couple minutes, watched UB40, said fuck all this. You lasted then, a few minutes for UB40. And then we went back to the hotel and watched Coneheads. The end of a perfect day. laugh the night
3: away. Here's one for me. So we went back to our hotel, Cindy and I, after the amazing rock Sec concert, feeling a little bit and a little a little drunk off the Sixer of King Cobra. The stealth is kind of almost out of gas got my air force maxes knocked off it's time for us to cuddle up in that california king-sized bed and watch a movie that kevin and i hold so dear we covered on this podcast all the way back in season one cocktail oh perfect dude excellent movie I got fucking Cindy Crawford right next to me. I got Elizabeth Shue on a TV in front of me. Best of both worlds. You should go
1: in cocktail because you're you're not even playing to the advantages of being in the last action hero universe. Like you should get Nick's Houdini golden ticket. You should go in cocktail. Oh, go into the cocktail. Yes. Yeah. That's, I thought like when you said you're the last action hero, I was like, you have so many opportunities. Yeah. Like your date. Yeah, you could have like so. Not to shit on how you did this, but let me tell you how <laughs> I was gonna do Last Action Hero. Okay. So if I would have picked Last Action Hero, yeah. all of my selections would have been, would going, have been into me a movie. going into movies. To oh, that would have been, been. smart. So I would have went into Smokey and the Bandit and got his car. Nice. I would have went into you know Cocktail and God, I didn't think this. And out had enough. him make me a drink. Yeah. And I would have stolen Elizabeth Shue while well, that sounds horrible too. That a like kidnapping. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm what I'm saying. So if I had the the golden ticket from Last Action Hero, each of my things would have been like I'm going into Purple Rain to watch Prince's concert, the and kids then I'll, concert, and then
3: I'll steal Apollonia and, and yeah, and then you shines yourself in that. the
1: lake at Tonka. i fucking feel ashamed now. No man, it's good. God damn it, you gotta you gotta use all of these things to your advantage. Yeah, now. that's true. All right, let's uh let's get back in the pool. See, you could have went to a Swim Fan. What's a movie with a pool in it? Back Back to school. You could have went the in the back to school to take a swim. So let's go use our Nick Houdini golden ticket and get back in the back to school triple indie pool.
3: I got a better okay. pool to get into. Right. I took Nick's ticket, he ripped it. All of a sudden, me, Cindy, Elizabeth Shue jumped into the pool of wild things with Nev Campbell and Denise Richards. Boy, oh, oh,
1: oh, oh, oh! And that's why they call you the look. Because they're looking at you like, what do we need you for, man? (laughs) All of a sudden they show up like, what the fuck's happening right now? This is weird. Okay, so critical question. I'm going to kick it over to Jim because he has a critical question suggestion this week. Okay, so like you said, why was there a
3: need to have a parole hearing when you're on fucking ice it yeah. doesn't matter you've been a good prisoner you haven't acted up there hasn't been drops of piss coming out of your glycerine pool of ice <laughs> but we find out that simon phoenix was rehabilitated quote-unquote mentally
2: accessing simon phoenix deep file rehab 65r Urban combat kill, torture methodology, computer override authority, survival tactics, terrorism tactics, weapons training, martial arts, murder, death, kill, explosives technician, violent behavior.
3: We find out John Spartan, all he wants to do is knit, bob and weave. He knows how to do all that shit, crochet. So Kevin, what three things would you want to be rehabilitated as during your
1: cryostasis imprisonment okay so i'm thinking we got the same as them 40 years or yeah 36 36 years so i want musical ability when i wake up i want to be able to sing play every instrument play drums play guitar bass i want to be like a master musician i also want to be a master chef not to be confused with the master Good chief chef. Yeah. I don't want to be Master Chief. I don't want to be Master Chef. Could you imagine
3: it? I'm going to be Master Chief. That doesn't, that's not real. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You you end up wanting to be somebody who's not possibly real. So that opens a whole thing. What if they accidentally like screw up your rehabilitation and it's like, (laughs) there's a typo. I wanted to make him a master chef and he thinks he's master chief. I wanna be a plant. So yeah, I want to be able to just cook anything at any time. And then finally, I want to be the world's greatest lover. Oh. So I can can get my gold ticket and go to Wild (laughs) Things.
3: So mine would be, I want to know every language ever created. Just, I'm a a a multi-linguist. I know everything. Nobody can pull some bullshit on me anymore because I know what's happening. I also would like to be like one incredible, like, like scientist or be able, like a quantum physicist also to be able to figure out how the universe works and be able to do that. And third of most importance to me to be able, and I think this would be the most incredible thing a man could ever be given, the ability to last more than Five seconds in bed. I uh, see.
1: We, <laughs> give me we that. both picked the same. <laughs> we are juvenile. No, like, two-pump chump. I yeah. want to last for at least a good minute. At the world's greatest lover. So, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, we're going to be in cryogenically frozen next to each other for our crimes committed on this podcast. See, Kevin, you're loving. I'm fucking. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, uh, they're showing you uh, Rick Manning. <laughs> 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 Dropping low. They're showing you, like, different videos. <laughs> 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 showing me some i don't know i don't know how they whatever yeah uh so put on your helmet jim uh if you were cryogenically frozen like would you want to be thawed to come out at a later time
3: here's the thing that i also find tremendous they had the big one the big earthquake yeah yet somehow the cryoprism was fine right so could you imagine if the big one would have hit and somehow it thaws you out and you wake up into this wasteland of what the fuck just happened yeah or like the fallout universe in the video games like oh
1: what am i supposed to do now? that's kind of where i was going because like i I barely have enough desire to want to be alive now yeah so i don't want to take a chance on waking up to something even worse oh there was a nuclear war you wake up into it because if you have a family or children or friends or loved ones or whatever and they're all gone and like i don't and i also i don't want to wake up in some perfect utopia no i don't want to wake like up in elysium where they're like you've been scanned like your cancer is healed like every day or you know where everything's perfect and it would be so boring well there was that one scene in the movie where they're at taco bell and he's
3: talking to cocteau saying it was a nightmare in cryo prison he's like
0: i don't want to spoil your dinner pal but my cryo sentence was no sweet lullaby i had feelings and i had thoughts how about a 36 year nightmare about people caught in a burning building you would awake i don't think so i, I do think you. so and my wife beating her fist against a block of ice that used to be your husband then you were nice enough to wake me up and let me know everything that meant something in my life is gone. It would have been more humane to stake me down and leave me to the fucking crows.
3: And yeah, would you want that knowing that you're seeing that and no. you can't react to no, it?
1: that's That sounds like hell on earth. That's Ugh. like a, uh, what's that called? Sleep paralysis. Yeah. But the, for 36 years. Someone do not unthaw him, like freeze him and bury him and, you know, lock it up and don't let him out is Mr. David McCall. Hey,
2: am I, am I up for parole now? I'm
3: not cold anymore. Oh my god, San Angeles, what's up, Angeles?
2: No, oh, it could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course.
1: Mm, I'm going to Taco Bell with Nicole forever. Ah. <laughs> uh. So, uh, logic, <laughs> we just, we got to say it right here. The three shells. I've thought about this since this movie came out. This
3: movie came out nearly 30 years ago. So Kevin, I think we go back and forth. You start. I, okay. How do you
1: think the three seashells operate? Well, uh, so first let's, t- let's tell the audience who haven't watched this movie. So there is no toilet paper. No handfuls we, of wadded paper back in the 20th. Yeah. You go in the bathroom. There are three seashells sitting there where the toilet paper should be. I have no idea, but I will say what Sylvester Stallone had said publicly in interviews you can look them up he says you use two shells like chopsticks you clamp them together to remove the waste and then you use the third to scrape what's remaining ah uh, i'm yeah. like logically that seems like the only prudent thing but then you wash out the shells you would have to you can't like what if you really got like something brewing and here's the thing
3: not to sound gross and i i'm very sorry if it's diarrhea you're not yeah. clamping anything no, out no you don't even so, need
1: the shells well then are you using three shells to fill up one with water and douche? Like, what are you... F- so here's my problem. This is this is also logic. I think bidets, have you ever used a bidet? No, but I'm actually attaching one to my toilet tomorrow. Perfect. So bidets should, if you've ever used one, it's pretty great. It's and exquisite. It's, it's it's awesome. It's very, you feel very clean. It's, we've been missing it. Other countries have it right with that. I would think in the future we can splurge and every toilet can have a bidet. Oh, that'd be the greatest thing ever. So, but yeah. see, here's
3: the thing with that. I want to have the power of going to a car wash. I want that kind of like, take the- No. B- take the skin off I want to just clean me up just spray the (laughs) shit out of me there Ox
1: literally this whole idea came from it's hilarious but the whole idea came from I think it was either one of the screenwriters I'm not sure which one it might even been Fred Decker was having a like a video call or some some communication with the producer and the producer was standing and he was talking about how he's in a bathroom and had a whole bunch of seashell decorations so he wrote the idea and he was like that's pretty funny like (laughs) what if you in the bathroom and it was just seashells. So. I wish in retrospect with the amount of people
3: that I've dated over the years I think it would have been a funny thing to have them come over and there's no toilet paper and yeah. there's literally just three seashells there. Well, you have there. three seashells on the back of your toilet. But I also have toilet paper I'm not a Neanderthal. Let
1: me give you this too before we really move yes. on to like um, I got a lot of logic. singular logic issues yeah. So Warner Brothers did not like the first two hour cut of the movie. Stuart Baird was brought in to re-edit. Now Stuart Baird was brought in to fix tank going cash. Yeah. He's like a famous Hollywood re-editor. They he also bring him, he's like the the wolf from pulp fiction. He directed a couple Star Trek movies as well. Yeah, so he's like the uh not the greatest. The master of coming in to fix things. Yeah. There's one famous scene that was deleted that we'll get to in a moment. But the original cut had John Spartan meet his grown-up daughter in the sewers. We do see some footage in this movie of John Spartan or Stallone protecting a girl, but it is his daughter as it was filmed originally but the way we see it it's just an extra it's yeah, just it's someone all it that he's pr- protecting and now people seek this sort of thing out on certain websites they cut a lot of very violent Simon Phoenix scenes where he kills a lot of people one including he rips out the warden's eye so there was like a lot of like close yeah. up and extreme violence he uses a pen yeah this is almost like more slapstick type of because the body count in this movie is, I want to say it's like 364 people it's, it's a lot. lot it's all just kind of machine gun fire people falling over no 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 extreme violence. But finally, the big one. In the original cryo prison fight, Stallone had a infamously deleted fight with Jesse Ventura. Weirdly, this was sort of a WCW tie-in. Ventura was doing WCW commentary at the time. And apparently Eric Bischoff, I guess, wanted them to go out and do this sort of thing in promotion of WCW. So Jesse Ventura was in this movie. I don't even know if he has speaking lines in this movie. I think he has maybe one or two. But he's in this movie. Movie, but yeah. apparently there is a a fight scene between Stallone and Jesse Ventura and it's something that people have looked for it may exist online i didn't find it maybe you can find it Jesse Ventura was then fired uh, about a year later so he was getting paid by WCW to take time off to appear in this film and then he appeared in the film and then they fired him like a year later
0: when we go head to head we have a great scene. All
3: right, yeah. now I want to ask you. <laughs> and we go head-to-head, head, believe me. Demolition Man comes out October 8th. Yeah. Right. Okay, we're looking forward to that, certainly. And we know that Cliffhanger is coming out on May twentieth. That's in right. six days anything you can tell us about this uh final scene between jesse the body ventura and the man sliced alone
1: no i'm not telling a word if they want to see the 10 year slow showdown between the That's Italian right. stallion and me you got to pay for it <laughs> it's that simple I just, but i'll give you a cut rate price
3: <laughs> now there's one way to find out jesse ventura is going to be in the area for a toy show Yeah, next week next, two weeks next, yeah two something. weeks from now which what i wouldn't give to get a captain freedom poster autographed Dude. by jesse ventura
1: i could could ask him if I end up going, I could ask him, like, hey, do you remember this? I wish that there was a... Um a custom, but so the Jesse Ventura LJN figure yeah. wouldn't be customizable to make Captain Freedom. No, not at all. But how fucking cool would it be if there was like a Captain Freedom LJN? I'd love it. Let's get into the individual logic issues. First off, why was John
3: Spartan charged with the deaths of everybody in that building? Like, why was that considered voluntary manslaughter? You're taking Phoenix's ward yeah. and believing a faulty thermal scan. Yeah. So you're committing him to the same amount of time yes. as the man who killed and kidnapped them. Right. Why?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's because he went rogue and this wasn't like a direct order. So they held him responsible. Like if a cop, as they tend to do, shoots someone yeah. and didn't need to, just because you're a cop, you don't get away with it. So I think it's because he was like, I'm going to go take this guy down myself. And then he's responsible. Even though, like you said, he didn't kill these people. Or do you think too, it was just years and years
3: and years of collateral damage and are like, this is the way we can just put a stop well, to it.
1: here is a... Uh, A piggyback off that one. In in 2032, why are cops even needed? Or at least, why so many? There's a ton of them. There's so many cops. They don't, there's no violence. There's very little crime. Yeah. Even like when the spray paint, when they graffiti that thing. It's automatic. And it automatically repairs it. What are the cops for? They're useless. You could have like two cops. You could have like a morning cop, an afternoon cop, and a night cop. They're
3: virtually crossing guards. Yes.
1: You could have six cops maybe. It makes no sense. But for whatever reason... There's what, 50, 100? There's a ton in it's that no department. Stage. My next
3: one, if you were quote unquote rehabilitated in cryostasis, why would the first thing you want when you come out is a Marlboro? Yeah. He doesn't smoke. Wouldn't that have just removed any mental addiction that you've had embedded in you while you were in cryostasis? Yes, absolutely.
1: Why? What do you want? Come Marlboro. A cigarette, any cigarette. It's like, you don't smoke. <laughs> Why do you want a Marlboro? Come that's, on. That's weird. I didn't even think about that. My biggest logic issue, how do the scraps have beer? Is it like decades old beer? Because with the cigarette thing, there's no way they're allowed to have beer up on the surface. So where are they getting the bottles? Who's brewing this beer? What are they brewing it out of? Rat piss. It probably is rat <laughs> piss. It's like jenkum. They're like fermenting. <laughs> Fucking Jankum. Yes,
2: it's (laughs) fucking (laughs) Jankum.
1: Because, like, Stallone's like give me a beer and they just like he eats his rat burger and he washes it down with a bottle of beer but i'm like is that bottle of beer from 1996 like or from 2010 like what is that beer from (laughs) here's the thing
3: too while we're down there in the sewer how is it possible that there's like a spacious underground city are we led to believe that this is some sort of old subway station maybe it's
1: because yeah maybe it's because of the uh the big one yeah big earthquake so speaking of beer just quick tangent yeah there's a specific beer i'm looking for at the store one of my favorites. I can't find it anymore. It's a pretty. It's not like some weird, like super secret, small batch, temporary beer. It's a, um, a relatively widespread, nationally released beer. Bud Ice. So it's Bud Ice. Um, which how did none of the ice beers, like Bud Ice or off Ice or any of them, have the slogan "Have an Ice Day"? I have no idea. It's right there for the taking. Yeah. Unless it was trademarked years ago yeah. and they never used it. So I really like IPAs, and this specific beer I'm looking for is an IPA. Tip Typically, you want IPAs within maybe eight weeks of bottled on, you know, date, whatever. Some, give or take, can be a little longer, a little less, whatever. So I'm looking for this beer. I found it a couple places and it's like bottled in January. I'm like, well, we're about in October, so we're <laughs> nine months. Got to find something, at least like give me July, something. So I finally, I'm at uh, a store and they've got like six, maybe eight cases of it. And I'm like, finally, I found it. You know, I can have a couple beers while I watch the Browns game. So I find one that is like August. It might have even been September. Oh, my like perfect. Oh, we're good. Great. I can buy it. And the box looked kind of nasty, like maybe one of the the beers inside broke and got on it, so I looked closer. It's January of last year, oh, so it's over a year old. That had to. Did you? What's it taste I like? I didn't buy it. Oh, okay. I, I saw. I noticed in the store. Oh, basically. okay. I didn't and know. See, and that's why I appreciate with like craft beer because if you're drinking bud ice or whatever, you probably can drink it a year later. It. Probably, I mean, I know you've drank it. I've drank beers that have been out in backyards, rained on for two years. Yeah, so I, I think you can drink some of these adjunct beers a little bit longer, but you know, craft beer i'm just very disappointed i'm like come on you know what there is one place right down the road that nobody ever goes to and it's normally a haven for beers yeah we have a a real good spot in my neighborhood it's called lose and lose is kind of just like that place where it's like they got a lot of good beer everything's fresh i like supporting the local rather than going to a. so what's uh what's your next logic
3: that laser charge weapon is as useless as a musket Mm -hmm. so you literally have to wait for it to charge and then it's a good 10 seconds before it does discharge you literally could go to the grocery store, buy your groceries, come back, and then it would have just fired. It's the most useless future weapon I have ever seen. The 2029 future of Terminator had full-on laser
1: weaponry. What is this thing? It's like a pulse weapon. It makes no sense. Yeah, I'm with you. That's it's stupid. Super. And why? what time did it come from? Why is it there? Well, they said it came out in like 20, it was the last oh, okay.
3: known weapon ever built for like the public that could buy
1: in 2010. So how did it become known as murder death kill what's a 187
2: i don't quadrant, know cryo prison level six identify code 187 mdk murder death kill murder death kill Murder, death, kill. Murder, death,
1: kill. Last recorded offense, September 25th, 2010. It's such a redundant name. Over. Oh no, it's murder, death, kill. Why overcomplicate just homicide? The name has gotten worse, but they don't happen. I wonder if it's the fact that they have not experienced a murder
3: in San Angeles in 22 years. The name murder or homicide has been thrown out in the lexicon and then adding two other words to it make it sound more grand. Maybe. Maybe I'm overthinking it. And this I is fucking know. demolition, man. You, you know, know, wiping her asses with seashells. <laughs>
1: What else you got?
3: uh, That was the last one I had.
1: What is, what's the legacy of this movie? Oh my God, dude.
3: We saw the Taco Bell crossover, the promotional items, video games. The Sega Genesis one's pretty good. The Sega CD one fucking sucks. The 3DO one's God awful.
1: This sting fucking did the title track of Demolition Man. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that was a song before not associated with the movie, but then didn't it just, they kind of redid it or re-released it. They glitzed it up to be Demolition Man. They recorded it for the movie. It's a Stallone movie. Yeah. I mean, like with with Schwarzenegger, with Stallone with Van Damme, it is a movie in his catalog. Oh, yeah. That you can go back and watch. It's funny because like Dennis Leary in his book, he hates this movie. It's good. It's fine. It's- you know what's amazing? 93 was such a great year for Leary. Yeah. Asshole comes out. He's in
3: this movie and another movie that we are going to cover, Judgment Night.
1: 93 alone. Yeah. These three big events. I loved his comedy album, No Care oh, for Cancer. Oh, God, so good. Really good. All right, stick around for some plugs. In the future, you have to defrost a car to put a criminal on ice.
2: Sylvester Stallone is John Spartan, the Demolition Man, the toughest cop in the 21st century. Whoa. But Wesley Snipes is cold-blooded Simon Phoenix. Simon Says, freeze! Uh. Now frolic like chicken, chicken. But Demolition Man always keeps his cool. Hey, you didn't say Simon Says. The future isn't big enough for the both of them. Demolition Man figures a jet each sold separately new from Mattel.
3: This is internet sensation Matt Lillard here with the Pool Scene Podcast. Pool Sceners, thank you once again for checking out this week's episode. And don't forget, like, comment, subscribe, rate and follow Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Pool Scene Podcast. Make sure you join the Pool Sceners group on Facebook for exclusive content. And we are starting a Twitch channel. We Cool, twitch.tv slash Pool Scene Podcast. Once again, thank you, everybody. And now back to
1: Kevin. Hey, final lap guy, you got unfrozen.
3: Yeah, the final lap. <laughs>
1: Jim, let's kick it over to you for the uh first portion of the final app so ladies and gentlemen i noticed after we
3: put out the new episode last week's episode the transformers episode great response we did get people saying you fuckers didn't know anything about transformers you didn't know the lore oh, yeah we got that i know we are we literally said at the top of the show we are not transformers aficionados we got tweets we got emails saying this is this this and that so we thank you guys out there for pointing out the lore and what goes with what? But after I edited, I realized we missed a big form of logic within that movie. So during we mentioned the pool. There was the exit yeah. the execution pool pit. Why were they thrown into the pit to die when they were deemed innocent instead of guilty? Well, right. I because I think they just killed everybody. What the fuck? I don't yeah. I guess maybe it's that I can hear people screaming out. But yeah, that was one thing I was like, why didn't we mention it? So a bit of a correction there
1: for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in um Batman begins when he's like uh, death or banishment. And then he's like banishment or he, whatever. I think he says death. And then he's like death by banishment. And then he sends about. So it's like they're going to be guilty. Either. Well, there's one gleaming one. We forgot, Kevin. Cake or death. Uh, have- cake, please. Cake, please. well. Tea and cake, cake or death. death. Going to need more cake. <laughs> uh, what do you got, Kev? I have. So we've talked about it on this podcast several times. I think we brought it up last week. Yeah. So the guy that was in that thing you do, the the O'Neater's fan that wants to to make a record that's he wants to meet girls and dance and how can you meet girls and dance he's in twister he's in twister yeah everybody knows him from the got milk commercial yes where he is like aaron burr he knows everything there is to know about like aaron burr and alexander hamilton
2: and now let's make that random call with today's ten thousand dollar question it's a tough one who shot alexander hamilton in that famous duel <laughs> all right let's go to the phones and see who's out there Uh-huh. Hello, for ten thousand dollars. who shall Excuse me? I'm afraid your time is almost up. I'm sorry,
1: maybe next time. I- and he has the bullet. He has like a, a shrine in his house dedicated to it. There's like a contest on the radio or TV or something, and he has to like. But he's just taken a bite of a cookie, and he needs milk to wash it down. Aaron Burr. Yeah, and he can't say Aaron Burr, so he doesn't win the contest despite devoting his life to it. Very famous. I remember they showed that commercial all the time in on Channel One. Oh God, yeah. In school channel for One. You younger kids, we had a channel in school that they'd let us watch in homeroom before classes started. It's called channel one anderson cooper lisa ling uh maria menounos yeah yeah crazy all started on, on channel one so we'd watch channel one and they'd play this commercial all the time never knew this today years old as of two days ago never knew this checked it verified it directed by michael bay blows my mind and unbelievably it doesn't blow up anything in the commercial there's, there's no, no explosion no lens flares no it's it's weird so yeah the Aaron Burrow got milk commercial directed Michael <laughs> by Michael Bay. <laughs> oh, also something and and both of these things tie in. So first Michael Bay directed a, a milk commercial. The director of demolition man was a television commercial yes. director. So then our second thing we talked about promotional items, MTV promotional, hard hats, night prompting on Twitter to double check it. They are an account that shares one of my favorite things. Something we often talk about on this podcast, promotional movie merch. One particularly good one. I saw 2002 movie, Far From Heaven, had promotional Tupperware. (laughs) Which... Why do you need Tupperware for this movie? It's like, maybe it ties into the movie somehow, but there's like clear plastic Tupperware. Betty, we need to slap a sticker on and this it's fucking like shit. It's far from heaven logo right on top of the Tupperware. I love this stuff. I love promotional. <laughs> I love promotional items. But if it's not a like uh, to me, shirts, hats, jackets, all of that's cool. But like, give me like a, a candle or a, you know, a, something weird. A, a Tupperware. A vacuum cleaner, you know, oh, something God, weird. Something. So Tupperware, I'm sure that put butts in the seats. I'm sure people were like, hey, I got this Tupperware with uh, Far From Heaven on it. We got to go see that movie. I can
3: only imagine there was a surplus left over after that movie. You guys want some Tupperware? I'm surprised we never
1: found that anywhere because... Because it probably was a cheap sticker that washed off. How weird. Did MTV do a contest for Far From Heaven? Okay, got anything else this week, Jim? We're
3: swimming literally through season number 10. Like I said, this is the first ever 11th episode of a season. So once again, another first here on the pool scene
1: podcast and guess what? Banger season continues next week another movie, another Dennis Leary movie, and then, uh, a swim meet series. Yes. So we're going to break it up a little bit before we record. We're going to go back to the Halloween special this year. So, um, excited for this year's Halloween special. Unlike last year's
3: where I thought the movie was horrific. I liked it. You loved it. I like you. Yeah. I just don't like Adam Sandler anymore. So, um, anymore, anymore. I gave up dude. After I had to sit through an Adam Sandler class in college and had to write a seven page essay about popularity, and Adam Sandler's place in pop culture. I'm done.
1: Jack and Jill, fuck. Yes, Jack and Jill, fuck. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Okay, so we'll see you next week on the Pool Scene Podcast. Until then, silencia.